You are listening to the podcast series for Mission to Amish People. Mission to Amish People is a Christian ministry with a threefold purpose of evangelizing and discipling Amish and former Amish, helping Amish people who leave their communities by helping them transition into the English world, and by presenting the ministry to churches nationwide. You can find out more about Mission to Amish People by going to their website at www.mapministry.org. Today's message is an audio conversation entitled, The Family. This is part three of four. So what do you guys think about that, the the child-parent relationship? How should children be with their parents? What if the parent's doing something wrong? What's the child supposed to do? Is this in relationship to, what was the question about the church and God or people and God, our relationship with the Father? Was that the question at the beginning? Yeah, it's the same kind of relationship the Bible compares it to with as Christians with our Heavenly Father, how should children be with their earthly fathers? Mm. Our Heavenly Father isn't going to command us to do anything wrong. He's not going to hurt us. But sometimes earthly parents do. And the child is still supposed to love and honor the parents. But what if the child knows what's right to do and knows that God says do something different than what the parent wants to do? What's the child to do then? In relation to... uh the, the Christian and their relationship to the church, the father. In the prodigal son, what I see so often, in the prodigal son, when he came back, he was so repentant. He came back, he actually told the father he, he just wanted to be a servant. He was so repentant, he just wanted to be a servant. And the father said, nothing doing. You're a son. And the Bible says they put a ring on his finger, and that was a symbol of sonship. He became a son. And so many Christians today in the church, they see themselves as nothing more than a servant. And that's why their relationship um, is hindered, because they don't see themselves as a son, as joint heirs with Christ. We're Romans, where eight, where it talks about where we can say Abba, Father. It just—it's like you take a child, maybe a foster child or an adopted child. They don't really see themselves as their new father's real son or real daughter, and they struggle with that relationship. You know, I was challenged by that one time, and and the preacher said, "Well, Paul talks about us being servants," and I'm like, "Oh yeah." We are servants to each other. We're servants for the Lord to each other. But in our relationship with the Lord, we are sons of the living God. And when when we come to that realization, wow, I'm not a servant. I'm a son of the living God. And it just creates a, it just changes you. Yes, it does. What I'm trying to say. Absolutely. It, It just becomes so precious. And it's like... You want to serve him. Like, I believe it was you, Joe, said. You want to go to church now. You don't have to go to church. Yeah, and we, we talked about that a little bit with Galatians, where when you're not a, when you don't know God, when you're trying to serve him by works, you have mm-hmm. the servant-slave slave master relationship. But once you become a child, then you will still obey him, but it's out of love. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, a couple of you had indicated that you had a question so i think you're you're not on mute now so go ahead and ask whatever you need what if a dad and 
what if a dad ain't connected with God? Well, I think that's I think that's clearly why the scriptures say in the Lord. What, what was his question? What if what if the father is not connected to God? If I'm the son and my father is not connected to God, what am I supposed to do? And you don't know any better, and that just gets you licking like crazy. How are you supposed to do it when you grow up? Well, I think that is a very, very difficult um, situation. There are obviously fathers that have taken advantage of their child or children in their family. And as unfair as that is, and as there will be consequences in, in, a, in a child like that growing up, uh, there's going to be issues that at some time or another that son will have to uh, learn to forgive. Uh, I mean, that, that's, that's the only thing a son can do is to turn around and forgive. Otherwise, they will allow what the father did to keep them from being all that they can be for God. I've I've come through that on my own in my own life. I've, I had to forgive my father for the wrongs that he did. It was not easy, but what it did is it freed me. That is a great question, by the way. That was a great answer, Joe. I'm not going yes. to get into, into my past, but my my father was an Amish bishop, and he was a drunk. Okay, he'd preach on Sunday and go get drunk the next week. And our family hid that for years and years. But praise God, he got born again before he died. Okay? But, so I'm not even going to get into the horrible childhood that I had. Okay? He was dead already before I, was, before I became a Christian and was able to go to him, you know, forgive him. But Jesus is the answer for that. Just free yourself by to forgive the, the past, just, you know, it just, there's a scripture that says that has meant so much to me that says he that lays his hands on the plow and looks back is not worthy for my kingdom. And I just, I've forgiven the past, forgot the past, and for, for, forgiven the past, and I'm going forward. And I've forgiven my dad for everything that ever happened in my life. And Jesus is the answer. There is no other answer. He's the healer of all things. I mean, and if we receive him, if we receive him in our hearts, he says, all things become new. He didn't say the present or the future. He said, all things become new. Amen. 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 So when we forgive, uh, God throws that all in the sea of forgetfulness, and all our life becomes new, a new slate, a clean slate we can move forward on. Amen. Amen. Wow. And one thing you have to come to realize that all those things that happened in my life when I was young growing up, it was not my fault. It was due to sin. And when the time came, I had to repent for myself, not for anybody else or no one else, but for myself. I'm the one that has to stand before God and give an answer for me, not for my dad, not for my mother, not for no one, but me, myself, and I. That's very important. But that was the fire... That was the fire you were going through for you're the you're the piece of gold I had to go through that fire. <laughs> mm-hmm. well, we all have our 
we're all pieces of gold for the kingdom, and we all have our specific fires we have to go through to purify our lives. And I see that now. I see that. For a long time, I didn't see that. You know, uh, I want to read something here, and this might help someone. Uh, if you can really get this as I read it, it says, The most beautiful people we have known are those who have known defeat, known suffering, known struggle, known loss, and have found their way out of the depth. These people have an appreciation, a sensitivity, and an understanding of life that fills them with compassion, gentleness, and a deep, loving concern. Beautiful people do not just happen. Wow. Amen. That's why, Joe, you have the heart you have, because you've been through you've been through it. Yeah, I, I, I really appreciate what you just read. I, um, I think that hit the nail on the head. It's, you, you know, when we can, when we can look at it in, in light of that making us the person that we are today, we can, we can turn right around and praise God for that because, you know, was it, was it, um, comfortable? Was it fun going through that? No, it was not. But the benefits that come from that in the end are so, so wonderful. They really are. Amen. You meet a man of God, and you know he's been through the fire. Yes. To make him into a man of God. But I'm here to tell you that God even takes the scars away. You, you ever hear that story of this boy that was bad? I remember the preachers preaching that when I was growing up. My own dad preached that, a boy that was bad. And every time he was bad, he put a nail in, in, in the post, the fence post, or however people hear the story in a different way. And then the, the boy repented, and he started being good. And every time he was good and did a good deed, his dad pulled a nail out. And then one day his dad took him out and showed him the post and showed him how the nails were all gone and the boy started crying. And his dad said, what's the matter? And he's like, well, the scars are still there. Mm. And I, I have shared this many times, and especially with my life and with what my marriage was. Jesus even takes the scars away. He restores the years that were wasted. Joel, he restores the years. Mm. You know, we always think he's going to give us new years. He restores, it says, the years the locusts have eaten. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. But Praise God. I don't want to hold a monopoly on this. I'm just blessed. <clears throat> Sometimes we don't realize how powerful love and forgiveness are. That's it. Yeah, that, that was, yeah. you said it. Yeah, they went. Love covers, covers a multitude of sins. And, and getting back to the husband and wife relationship, if the husband, if the wife isn't responsible, he's not, he's not, if she's not, if the husband isn't winning her, I'm going to say mass majority of the time, it's because you are not yet where you need to be. Because mm. I'm telling you from experience, once the husband becomes Christ-like, as Christ loved the church, and you love that wife unconditionally, eventually, she almost has to break. It's just mm. maybe not everyone, but it's just it's a perseverance. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard. Cry before God on your face, but you persevere and continue on. 
Hallelujah. Yeah, and when is if you hurt somebody? I mean, if when's the last time the husband got mad at his wife and went to her later and apologized, or the father got mad at his child and went back later and said, "I'm sorry, I was wrong." That oh, yeah. respect that brings a lot of respect That's to me. Huge. Oh yeah, that's huge. I've heard stories of hus- of children that say my dad or my mom, especially my dad, never I never heard him say that he loved me, and I can't imagine now with my two daughters. We tell them that all the time, and how if you're one of those fathers who've never told your child you love them or haven't in a while, or your wife, what are you waiting for? Let them know. Amen. Amen. That's one of, one of the things that we family family too is uh Jonathan is 23 years old there's not a not hardly a day go by he don't swing by and when he does he gets a hug and a kiss on the cheek and I'll do the same for our daughter and son-in-law I just I said I said I don't care if my kiss on the cheek turns to slobber I I plan on doing it until the day I die I want them to know that we love them Hallelujah. And uh, but I wanted to bring something out, and, and this this happened in my life, in probably when I was uh, probably thirteen, fourteen years old, I started realizing that you know my dad had a uh, an anger problem, and you know uh, didn't really. I don't think my dad really under, understood how to to give love, and I'm not sure that he ever really was able to receive it either but uh, he had a he, he had a, a a problem with anger and when it came upon him he would sometimes uh, cause havoc almost in in a family dinner time you know or whatever you know and there came a point where i could hardly look him in the eye and i remember there for uh, the last few years, I would always just kind of look down and not not really look him in the eye, just because of of the hurt that was caused through that uh, anger. And and I think when the scriptures talk about, and I'm not right down, Father down. I I love him. The Lord knows I love him, and I I hold nothing against him. I I know he was a human being. He loved us. He really did in his own way. But I. The Bible speaks about not provoking, the father not provoking uh, the children to wrath or anger. And that is so huge in our family. If if you want to split a family up or drive a wedge between relationships, um, that that anger can can do that very quickly. And it can ruin relationships for the rest of their lives. Yeah, imagine if we go through life never knowing that Jesus loved us, or wondering if God really loves us, when he's going to get mad at us. I want to just relate on the uh, the nails that was driven in. They did that to me, but they never did the, uh, they never pulled them out. The only reason that they did is uh, because my dad was uh, always evil to me, and he always um, knocked me everywhere. Took a like a a V belt and went after me, and he didn't stop. And once he was tired of knocking, he just kept right on going. He didn't stop, and then he when he was tired, he he um, he waited a few minutes, and he kept right on going. And then he went again, and then my mom finally put these nails up for me, and 
that really caught my eye. But as quick as Dad found out, I got another spanking as hard as I could with the V-belt. And one night I was almost, I almost couldn't fall because of it. But that's all. So what does a person do in a case like that? I think we do a lot when we turn stumbling stones into stepping stones. And uh, that's just something for us to to remember. If we can't do that, it, it doesn't start with him. It starts with us, with me. Mm. That was good. That was it, good. Is it... Let it be a stepping stone in your life. Christ mm. will take you on from here. Yes. Thank you for listening to this podcast series. Check out Mission to Amish People online at www.mapministry.org or keep up to date with us on Facebook and Google+. Thank you again and have a blessed day.